In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that gives you real life results. Now, today I have the pure pleasure of working and talking and basically catching up with my good friend, Justin. Justin, Justin, welcome. We started as being like um, acquaintances, like meeting like across a huge room. And now I like you're here as my, my friend, um, my uh, co-pilot and someone that actually I think everyone here is is pretty familiar with now. So welcome. Uh, how are you doing? Fantastic. And, and so first of all, I love the introduction. So thank you. And I also want to say I, the only word I would add to that is I think we're confidants as well. Yes. Mm. Nice. Very, yeah. very nice. And today we're talking and I want to get this very right. So we're talking on something that I think is, I think everyone will get it. I think everyone will get it. And I think it only probably hit me a little bit this year. Um, I've had um, some some personal struggles with, with dad and um, him being diagnosed with cancer. I've had um, lost a grandparent and, and I've just had a, a funny old year in realizing that age is a thing. And that we get older, like I've never really thought about it before. Now, I know that here with Sex and the Squirrel and the people that listen to the the podcast are super cool listeners. They're listening right now. They're checking in and they're like, this is going to be awesome. I know that with our dog training community, often what happens is we find our new space or something in life happens, like for me, a couple of life changing events. And actually there's an opportunity to, um, or an opportunity arises, and that is to effectively reinvent yourself. So today we're talking on how to reinvent yourself at any age, because I know that whether you're um, just starting out here and you're in your dog training sort of teens, or whether you're um, kind of heading up the um, sort of the the crew that my mum and dad certainly are in, and I feel like, God, I'm getting closer to you. I'm like, what on earth is happening? Like I've, I've said it to you a few times, I'm scared of this. Like how on earth did I suddenly like forget that we grow older, like we, we get older? So we're talking about how to reinvent yourself at any age. Um, I don't know where we want to kick off, Justin, but I think this is an awesome topic. I think it's definitely different for the dog training community. I think it's going to be um, definitely relatable. Absolutely um, really, really cool, um, cool learning and a cool opportunity for us to dive in deep. Awesome. So uh, the way I'd like to start this, I think, would probably be the easiest way is to, to talk about just what it is, right? Because I think that the reason that when we talked prior to this, The subject alone is a lot of the times when we think about reinvention, we think about, look, at a certain phase of your life. But the nice part about this is that it can be any point. And a lot of the times, if you look at some of the best decisions you've ever ever made, it was that you pivoted and you made a different change 
to do something completely different. And the key here is really thinking about getting over the fear of it, getting over the stigma around it, and just going for it. Because one of the things that I've learned, especially like when I volunteered at hospices and you know talking with my grandparents and stuff, the one thing that people regret is not taking enough chances. It's not that they took too many, it's that they don't do enough. And so I think when we talk about this subject today, it's really about acting with intention and as quickly as possible and not delaying it because whether you succeed or you fail is all up here, right? Because you can turn anything into a success or a failure. It's how you approach that. Yeah, absolutely. So one of our sayings here with Absolute Dogs is mindset is everything. Um, How would you feel about that? I could not agree more. It's not only just about the mindset. I would even take it a step further. It's how you approach the situation, right? Because your mindset is looking at it and saying, you know, I'm focused on X, Y, and Z, but it's, if you look at the whole, all of it together, right? What are you trying to accomplish? What are you doing? And if you approach it from the lens of opportunity, you're going to succeed in some regard, right? You're going to find some path forward. You're going to find some way to succeed and you're not going to have that limited tunnel vision, which I think a lot of us get into, especially when we get comfortable, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of those things, isn't it? It's comfy um, and it's comfy to stay where you are, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing, um, right thing to do. So yeah, where do we start, Justin? Most of all, like, where do we start? Like, where does this all, where, where do we sort of, where do we go here? I think it starts with a very simple question. And the simple question comes down to this. What is my purpose? Right. And we talked a little that's bit so about simple. Today, such a simple question. Like just <laughs> You just dropped a bomb. Like, this is just a simple question. I mean, it's only the question I've probably been uh, mulling over for the last 30 years. Um, and, and it really is. Um, absolutely. I think purpose is, is something that can um, can be there um, subtly. It can challenge us. It can change. It can adapt. It can remodel. It can reinvent itself. It can change in so many different directions um, from, yeah, from start to finish. So, no, amazing, incredible, for sure. And the reason I say it's a simple question is that it, if you just, it's beautiful, right? It's what is my purpose? It's just a few words put together in a sentence that is profound, right? Because a lot of the time we think about, you know, money, we think about all these other things out there, but if you go to the core and you get to the root, you'll find better answers. So my whole philosophy is, you know, and I think most of the audience knows is that getting to root cause, right? Getting to that deeper layer, as opposed to that surface layer where we think we are. But if you keep digging down to that root cause, you'll get to a better answer. And I always believe that asking better questions gets better results, right? And so by getting to that purpose. Give Give an example. So asking better questions gets better results. I absolutely agree. Give an example, maybe if you have one for everyone out there. Sure. Like I I can think of when I've got young kids and I'm always getting questions like this, right? So like my son yesterday was like, ah, why does fifth grade suck so bad? And I was like, um, that, that's such a broad sweeping, there's no answer to that question, right? You're just going to keep uh, ruminating and going over and over in your mind of things that, you know, buttress that belief where if you get to the idea of, okay, what's really bothering you, Seth, you know, like you, you ask a different question, getting yeah. a better result. Absolutely. And so it's very simple, just flipping it like that. Yeah, absolutely. And and when he asks that question, why does fifth grade suck so much? He really only has a negative answer to that, right? Like there is only 
um, a, a, a poor answer. You can't find um, a good answer. So actually um, reframing it. And, and even when you're asking people questions, like being able to frame it cleverly, right? Like you ask, ask them to get the answers to a degree that are going to be positive or, or flip them out there. Now, I know what you're talking about here, Justin, what is my purpose? Like, where does someone start with that? Like, that's a tough question for some people. And it's it's such an open question. It's such a big question. It's such a dramatic question. Where do people start with that? Well, so I, I'm going to kind of go back a little bit here. It's something you said earlier and then answer your question. So you basically said, you basically, you did say, you've been struggling with this for 30 years, right? Well, I have too. And I think that is a really key point that your purpose is not a fixed point on a map, right? It's not like you're looking at this one tiny myopic view of things and that's what it is forever. It's something that's malleable and it's going to change. And so the reason that that question is so profound is that one day it may be this, the next it may be something else. And so the whole purpose of this is asking it over and over again, right? So it always stays fresh because as a human being, you're evolving all the time. So the answer to your original question is, how do you start, right? Where do you start? And the question that I always like to ask is, what is my purpose? I know it sounds so basic and you start there, but start ruminating and start clouding it out is the way I always like to talk about it in terms of put purpose in the middle and then little things coming off it, talking about things that you enjoy, things that resonate well with you, things that bring you happiness, things that you can relate to. And at the end of the day, you'll start finding a pattern. And by doing that, you'll be able to start answering that question because what most people do, and myself included, is purpose isn't one thing. It's not like I'm here to be a doctor, right? If you ask a different question, you get a different answer. Being a doctor is a service to humanity, right? You are serving at a higher level and a different plane. So if you start asking those questions about, you know, I want to serve humanity in this way, you get a different answer, which leads you to a much easier topic as opposed to, I want to be happy, right? So if you ask the question of, I want to be happy, well, where does that lead you, right? You have to ask in a different way, what makes you happy? Start going down that path and you get a different answer. So give me an example, Justin, of like, where do you start? Like, I know you're, you're pretty cool and you, you won't mind sharing maybe a few of your like purposeful um yeah intentions like what gives you purpose what is your purpose sure i love what you started with there for a second what gives me purpose right so i'm going to start there because i think it's fantastic family fitness fun adventure and giving back to society i want to know at the end of the day that i have provided a value to somebody or somewhere in my community or somewhere in the world right? That to me is purposefully driven. That is those things that drive me internally. Those five are something that as you, I didn't struggle with those. Those are something that I've worked on for a long time. And so the importance of that is that you can see in that answer, it's not one thing, right? It's a, it's a whole bunch of things that drive me to a different conclusion that get me to a different result. Nice. Really nice. Um, and have they always been that way? <laughs> I've been a basket case most of my life when it comes to these things, right? I mean, if I look back on my 20s, there were probably 50 things I wanted to do. I struggled with doing 10 of them. And I realized that I was going to fail if I kept doing the same thing over and over again. So I had to find a new way of doing it. And so for me, realizing that what I was doing wasn't the correct way of doing it. So I did further research. I went to many conferences. I've tried, I've read, I've been to, you know, different, uh, I've had 
tons of mentors that have helped me in this area. But the idea is constantly searching for what works for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and continually, purposefully searching, right? Like you you keep digging, you keep asking the questions, you keep um, striving for a bit more. Uh, you continue to look, you have your eyes open, you stay. I love this when people say it, you stay curious. I love the idea that we stay curious to where we are. And I think, you know, to go back to dog training, that is like the best analogy of all times because dogs are always curious, right? Just like young kids. And it's a great analogy to say, you know, pay attention to what your dog's doing or your pet or your children or whatever it is, because they're always curious. They're always looking for that next thing. And they're trying to understand and put the pieces together of this mosaic that we live in. And I think that is a beautiful way of stating. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And a lovely, um, a lovely Lincoln connection there. So, so yeah, really, really nice. Really, really nice. So that's where we start. And anything else you want to add to where we're starting? Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the things is, is to also be open-minded when you start this process, right? Because a lot of the times you're frustrated when you start asking this question, you don't usually ask this question when you're at a good place in your life, right? When you are comfortable, like we talked about before, or things are going well, you're not ruminating on the fact, hmm, what is my purpose? You know, you're usually content, you're happy, you're not worried about the deeper things. It's when something happens that triggers it, whether something bad happened or you're just not feeling, you're feeling malaise, you're feeling, you know, just not where you should be. You start asking those questions. And so the that thing is I would- so true. I have to interrupt you there very quickly because that right. is so true. The times when you ask, because it's not like I spent every day of every year asking, but the times when you ask, what is my purpose, would always be if you've had a tougher day or a rougher day or something's happened or there's been an interruption or something's not quite as it should be or or something feels a little bit off. It's not like um, I've ever asked that question whilst having a lovely time. Like I've, you don't go, hmm, while I'm here, what is my purpose? Um, you always ask it when something's like the balance isn't quite there, right? Uh, and you definitely don't ask it when you're doing something really purposeful. No, that's exactly right. And that's kind of what was going back to originally. It's saying you ask that question continuously because then it reinforces that in you. Because when you get to that point, where you're frustrated and you're asking those questions, you're not going to get the answers that you're searching for usually because of your mindset, like you'd stated before. So the best place to start is to be in a place of creativity, right? Not in a place of doubt, not in a place of being amorous. You want to be very clear headed and you want to, I mean, I always start with walking. I start with listening to something very positive, like this podcast or something else. I listen to good music. I do something to free my mind to get that aperture of, of what I'm looking for open. And then I start asking that question of not only what is my purpose, because I think that trips people up sometimes. I know I keep, I don't want to say like I'm flippantly saying it, but it's, although it's an important question, another way to phrase it is like, what do I want out of this? What am I doing? Because if you... Because the purpose at the end of the day is what are you trying to get from this? What are you mining from whatever it is you're trying to do? And so by changing that and asking it slightly differently, you get a different outcome, which will spur that creativity. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and within your time of thinking about this and you ruminating over this and, and being like thoughtful over it, have you experienced other people feeling similarly or have you crossed paths with even like I know your partner, your family? How, how does that sit with with um, yeah you? Yeah, I mean, so in our house in particular, like this is something that we ask 
weekly of each other. And the reason for that is that I've got young kids, I keep saying, right? And they're always asking questions of, you know, like with the war in Chechnya, I mean, um, Ukraine right now, they are constantly, you know, how can this happen in this world? You know, if there's a God, always kind of thinking. So we're always asking them, what is your purpose? You know, like, what can you do to, you know, to either bring joy to someone's life or something else? And so the idea is that it's prolific in my life and something that I discuss with friends and clients and everything else. And I think it's a very fundamental connection point because it's a deeper when you understand someone and ask those questions of them, it yeah. shows that you care, right? Yeah. It brings that community uh, almost full circle because you're actually inquiring and trying to learn more about them. Yeah. Yeah. So actually um, that inquiring and, and trying to learn a bit more about them actually um, just makes that connection stronger, makes that. And even if they're standoffish at first, right? Because a lot of the times I've found that when people don't know their purpose, right? And again, they may know it one day and the next it's gone. So, you know, in their mind is yeah. they may be sensitive towards that. And if you're asking a question like, hey, what's your purpose right out the gate? They're going to go, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to work your way up to it. Yeah. And- Yo, I'm Justin. What's your purpose? <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I'm Lauren. Tell me purpose. Let's let's have it. Let's three, two, one it. Yeah. Like definitely. It's, it's a lot. It's a big question. And, you know, if reinforcing that belief that it's hard, that it's not something that's easy, that it's something that you are going to work on together reinforces that bond. And it also shows, you know, that sense of caring and, and you know, linking to each other that humanity is so important. With like, That's how we survive is that we have to connect with each other. So let's let's just um, rewind a little how to reinvent yourself at any age. This could be scary right? This could be really scary. And how do you get over that fear? I don't know if you ever get over that fear, to be honest with you. I mean, I've reinvented myself, I don't know, probably a half a dozen times in my lifetime, maybe more. And it's never been something that isn't scary. I think that fear though, for like, especially the way I am, tells me I'm doing the right thing. Because if I'm not fearful of it, it's going to be probably the wrong decision for me because it's either too easy or it, it just doesn't require a lot of thought. And so, I still agree there. If it's not, if it's too easy, it's not meaningful enough. hundred percent. And I would say that, you know, like starting down this path, right. Is, you know, when something's off in your life, right. We all do. It's that gut check. It's that emotional, I use the term before malaise, right. That, you know, something is wrong and that trigger should be something that you acknowledge as opposed to avoid. And so my first way of doing it is when you feel that point, recognize it, give it, you know, start questioning it. Don't avoid it. Dive freaking head on into that and say, why am I feeling this way? What's happening? What changed? What triggered this? What is happening right now in my life with my personal life, my relationship, my work life, whatever. And then you can start diving into it, right? It's most of the time people avoid that and they get fearful of it and they say, you know what? it's too hard. And the minute you say it's too hard, it will be too hard, right? There's too many obstacles to overcome. You have to look at it from the standpoint of just like the old adage, right? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You start very small and slowly cast your net wider and wider and wider until you get there. And this is a tough topic. Why is this so hard for so many people? Because this is, I feel it is tough, right? It's incredibly tough. And I would say that, I mean, probably the top three things that I get from my clients are 
one, society looks at it as something weird. Like even though in today's world, a lot of people are able to work remote, they're job hopping, it's still a weird thing when you're, I'd say 30 and above to change your job. Like to go from like, I don't know, like a CEO down to whatever or change industries or whatever. It's still- Check in on that really quick. So you just said to change your job, when you're over, let's say, I don't know, you're, you're over 30 and you're going to change your job. We've got, um, and because this might be a nice way to relate into the pro dog trainers. We have um, a whole um, host of pro dog trainers. Shout out to the pro dog trainers. Woo! Uh, we love the pro dog trainers. Uh, they basically, uh, so many of them have for one reason or another, decided they want to study for themselves. They want to learn a bit more. They want a little bit more for their their own learning, for their dog's learning, for homeschooling their dog maybe, uh, for being able to homeschool other people, for being able to train other people at any age. Some of them are in their 50s, 60s. We even have a few pro dog trainers in their 70s and 80s. And so I love this. Like I get really excited about this. They're like, this is my time. This is my shot. This is my go at doing something I wanted to do because when I I was younger I had to do this and I had to do that and I had to get in those coal mines or you know the you know you know uh, and so actually this is their shot now it's a big jump right now what are the challenges we face and actually why is it the society says no I think because most people it goes back to the original thing that we talked about they're fearful right and most people don't take that leap it takes a you know a person that lives outside the kind of societal norms to take those leaps and bounds. And so having communities like like yours and mine and others and in a safe space to talk about this will help propel you in that direction. Just what you said there about society kind of having its rules almost. Um, I was in the hospital last week. It was um, it was pretty sad. I was, I was seeing my nan. And um, as I walked in, and, and my nan really wasn't very well. Um, and as I walked in, I walked in with two other people, my uncle and my granddad. Now, um, and then the day before I'd walked in with my cousin and um, my mum. And the rule is one person in a, in a hospital, like one person, not you can't take multiple people. Um, but my nan, it, it was it was it was end of life stuff and it was tough. And as I walked in, the lady looked at me and my cousin looked at me and she said, you're only allowed one person. And I said, we are going in and we're all going in together just walk with me, right? Like walk with me. This is not, do not mess with this. Like this is not to be messed with. We are all going in, right? We're all going to go in and hold a hand. And there was no like messing, like there is no messing, but yet society says no one person. And actually these things change dependent on the situation. And this situation said more than one person was appropriate, right? Like it said that that was appropriate. And I think this is where we have to sometimes step up and question society's norms and what society suggests. And I do feel that, like you said, some people are very fearful and that there are times where we need to be brave. There are times where we need to challenge society's norms. There are times where we need to um, be our authentic selves, whether that's fits in or whether that doesn't fit in sometimes, whether it's a crazy haircut or whether it's um, yes, or whether it's um, saying some things that not everybody agrees with, or whether it's walking past the the hospital uh, person and saying, I'm taking three people in here and you show me what you're going to do about it. And actually, I think there's sometimes a place for um, for, for a challenge, right? Or, or for being a bit different or for being our authentic selves or for standing up uniquely, right? A hundred percent. And I think that, I mean, you summarize it beautifully, and, and I think that's great. I would say to help kind of 
the audience feel more comfortable about breaking rules, right? So when I was 28, we went, I took Kelly, my last wife. Year. Just last year. <laughs> Just last year. It wasn't that long ago at all. No, no, no. Just last year. Um, may look young. But anyway, so we I took her to the Vatican because we're both Catholic and we thought it'd be so much fun. Well, if you've ever been to Rome in a cat, I mean, the Vatican has, I don't think I'm exaggerating, a half mile line to get in, right? So I was like, look, we're not going to wait to end that line. So we literally, with confidence, just like you did, I said, we're going to go in. We went right in. No one stopped us. Like we, we just walked right in like we were someone important, walked right in. And, you know, I don't know from a Catholic standpoint if that's totally, you know, great or not, but we were able to do it. And that time, in my mind, caused for acting differently, doing something different and producing a different result. And so... I think it's brilliant. And I think it's exactly, I think let's, let's challenge everybody, every one of our listeners, let's challenge each and every one of them to stand up and do something different this week, whether it is, I don't know, I mean, nothing illegal, try, try to stay within those rules, but um, no stealing, no, you know what, Uh, but what I would say is, is definitely, definitely, definitely like standing up differently or or suggesting something, or um, like I said, being your authentic self in in some different way. Like you said on that one, I think it's important. I think it's meaningful. I think it moves the needle, and I think it um, allows us um, to find deeper meaning, deeper purpose, and and go from there. Hundred percent. And the only thing I would add to that is, like, do something in addition to what you're saying. Also, leave on the table the fact to like pursue one of your dreams. Like, make a step towards that goal that you've always wanted to do, right? Step outside your comfort zone. And I mean, one of the, the, the quintessential things that all like neuroscience will tell you is to step outside your comfort zone as much as possible, because the more you do that, the more you're able to do it later. And so like, you know, some of the clients you t- were talking about in their seventies doing this massive in their mind overhaul, Amazing. it's so awesome, right? And it's, you know, to make a joke about this, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, absolutely you can. And you know, you can. And the same thing here with the people is that it's never too late and it's never too early to start these things. Right. And you mentioned it about being true to yourself and being your authentic self. And I think that's absolutely the piece of this that a lot of people miss is that at work, we're a person around our loved ones. We're different around our friends. We're someone else. Always being your authentic self is a great place to start. That is a huge challenge for most people. And that's really scary for a lot of people. And stepping outside that comfort zone and doing that over and over again will help you find your purpose quicker. And it will also let you pivot to make those changes that you need to very quickly because those things that were scary aren't scary and you have a whole new set of fears. I love that. And I just love that word pivot. I think pivot is such a good word, isn't it? Like it's, it's what's made everything possible for, for us, absolute dogs in lockdown, we pivoted so fast. And for me in, um, in life, actually, I mean, last week in a, in a tough family situation at top level in a top competition level. Um, I mean, God, some of the pivots I've made just a very quick one. I was at a top, top, top event. We had, to, I was at team um, Great Britain. I was at world championships. You have to wear your bib when you're at world championships. I get to the event. I've got 20 minutes. We're walking the course. I look down. I have no bib. I have no bib. We're like, 
we traveled all across the countries we've flown we've taken like literally i am a long way from home and um absolutely in that moment uh i pivot and i say to my team captain i'm going to borrow your bib and um, matt is flying uh well not flying but racing back to the hotel to grab my bib I get there on the line. My bib is there. Matt manages to pull it all around. It's incredible. And it happens really, really. I don't know how it happens, but it happens. And so, yeah, that is a pretty incredible moment. Um, it worked. I don't know how it works. But the, the the moment of like everyone changing and everything working and everyone pivoting just to make it happen. And then on a bigger scale, pivoting in, in training and in business and, and what we do here with Absolute Dogs, like we've we've pivoted so many times dependent on the client. The, the cli- and pivoting is a huge thing, right? Like pivoting is a big thing. Vital. I would say it's a hundred percent vital and not fearing that change, right? Not fearing that pivot because a lot of the times you don't know what that outcome is going to be, right? You do it and you just do it and you hope it works, right? Like you hope Matt gets back in time. You hope all, like all these things. Faith is a huge piece of this is what I'm trying to say. Like Absolutely. faith is a huge, huge piece of this, whether you're- And knowing that you can pivot again. Right. Like you don't have to. You're going to have to. (laughs) The good news is about life. You're going to have to pivot at least 10 times a day. I mean, yeah. Every time you pivot. Yeah. And sometimes you're happy about it. And sometimes you just get on with it. But but again, you pivot there, right? You make a change. You keep iterating. Continuous improvement. Yes. Continuous improvement. So thinking back to our original topic, why should I? Why should I reinvent myself when actually it's so comfy, it's so warm, it's so cozy, it's so nice? Like, what makes me? Oh, it's just cozy. And um, like, I feel like a little like warm hug. And um, like, why would you pivot? Like, why would you change things? Why would you reinvent yourself when actually things are okay? They're all right. Um, I was talking about this the other day. You get like this restlessness sometimes and and for me um that's when a, a reinvention can can take place so that's a great example right it's usually there's something that gets you in that mindset right but if let's say you're not there yet and you have the security blanket you're feeling cozy you got your snuggie on and you're just chilling out doing your thing right so again go back and ask the question of asking questions like, what is my purpose? But also, am I happy right now? Like, am I happy? Fine. Am I fulfilled? Is a very different question. And asking those deeper level questions like that and asking, you know, am I getting fulfillment out of what I'm doing here? Am I contributing to the fullest of my abilities? But this is a question. I mean, we haven't pre-discussed this, so so you correct me here if I'm wrong. But one of the questions I sometimes ask myself is, in a year's time, am I still going to be happy in this position? Like, is this still going to make me happy? In five years' time, do I want to see myself here? Ten years' time, do I want to see myself here? Because when I sometimes ask those questions, I can really realize the importance of reinventing myself. So I would just reframe it slightly, and this is why. Because happiness is fleeting, okay? Happiness goes from one day to the next, right? Yeah, yeah. Fulfillment is something that stays with you. Yeah. So I would I would recommend asking a different question about am I fulfilled? Will I be fulfilled yeah. by doing this later on? Because yeah. that's not something that's going to change. Whereas happiness yeah. can. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So happiness, happiness definitely, definitely, um, yeah, can change. 
and it can change in a whim, right? Because just like, for instance, when you won all your competitions so far, right? Yeah. You're very happy in that moment. You don't need to change, right? But are you fulfilled at the end of the day is a slightly different question and you will get a different result. Yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree because I've won some major sort of finals and events and actually the next day going, what was that about? Did that really fulfill me? Um, And I think that's a really interesting place to be. Sometimes you have to sit in that space and really, um, yeah, think about it. Definitely think think about it. In those instances, I know this is slightly off topic, but it, it it becomes less about the journey and more about the destination, when in reality, it's always about the journey. Because when you get to the destination, it's never, even when you get a gold medal, it's never exactly what you think it will be because it that moment in time is then stripped away, right? And now you go forward from there. So it's yeah. always about thinking about the journey. What am I going to do once I've got this? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so Justin, let's get back to why should I? Like, why should I? Like, what other reasons are there for doing this? Sure. I mean, there's several. One is about time is finite, right? You had mentioned this earlier about now you're thinking about age and everything else. So never thought about it. I never thought about it. And then all of a sudden, I was like, bang, it hit me. It hit me like to the point that I was livid that no one else had really told me. I was actually a bit angry. I was like, really? Why did no one think to tell me that time is not something that you're going to get more of? (laughs) Well, and not only are you not going to get more of it, you can never get it back. (laughs) You can't buy it. And I'd always like say it and think it, but I just never, ever had really considered what that meant. And that's why people like the Stoics have kind of come back in fashion now because for decades and centuries, we've kind of stayed away from talking about death because it was scary. Whereas Stoics and others really embrace the idea that time is finite. So you need to make it all count at that moment and really bring to fruition what you need to do right now because you don't know about tomorrow. And so, and sometimes people say that's a morbid thought, but in reality, it should be, it's meant to be used as a catalyst to get you going in a new direction. So the first one is really about that time is finite, right? And that the reason it's important is that even if you are fulfilled now, you know you can be doing more in something. There's always something else. So by constantly iterating, by constantly pivoting, by constantly changing, constantly improving, you're going to get better results and you're going to be more fulfilled at the end of the day. Because the biggest catalyst of all of this whole thing is being fulfilled. That's really at the end of the day, that's the secret sauce. That's that secret thing that everyone really wants. And that's why some, I mean, you look at some of these billionaires right that are absolutely miserable they hate it they're always searching for something else because it's external you have to go internal to find this stuff right if i it's think about some level. of like i think about some of the most fulfilled times in my last year and one of them was on a couple of days mini break with eliza and we were horse riding in ireland and absolutely so fulfilling like the most fulfilled days riding across beaches and just beautiful like just no care in the world like no and then I would sometimes maybe question like purpose like hang on a second surely I should be hustling or working or like there's like a a moment of like that goes against each other it's definitely abrasive Um, and yet this is you're telling me this is fulfillment right this is what it's actually about A hundred percent. That is the, I don't want to say the secret, but it is pretty much the secret to a happy life. It's being present and being fulfilled. Those are really the two things that it comes down to and almost all the neurology out there. 
So if somebody was some, somebody who's scared, let's say Justin, they fancy jumping into the pro dog trainer course or jumping into the training academy or doing something with us that they've never done before um, and reinventing themselves in, I am going to be a dog trainer or I am going to have this passion with dogs or I am going to work with dogs. What would you say to them when they say, well, actually my husband would prefer I didn't or actually I, I really should be looking after the children and not thinking about what I want to learn or actually oh, I haven't got that much money. So really, really I should never spend it on myself or actually the, I haven't got a lot of time. So why would I be doing something? Something that that is is that lights me up when actually I don't have that much time. I should probably spend it cleaning or doing something more meaningful. So I mean, there's a lot of questions there with different answers, right? But I would start with the fact that follow your fear, because at the end of the day, it you'll you'll feel better by doing that. You'll have less regret and you will have learned something. And at the end of the day, that will lead to fulfillment by doing that. Okay, you'll be fulfilled more at a deeper level. So the all the things you said are basically excuses. Okay, they are ways to get out of commitments that you want to make, but you're too afraid to make them. So by saying almost everything that you said, you know you're going down the right path, right? By saying I don't have enough time, that's always an excuse. Okay, you don't have enough time because you haven't prioritized properly. You don't have enough money because you're not looking at it as an investment. You don't have the ability to change now, supposedly, because you don't have faith in yourself. So there's all these different pieces that are adding up to create this mosaic of no. Okay. So the way to get past that is to start doing it, to make a commitment, to say, look, I want to be a dog trainer. Say that out loud 50 times, 100 times. Start rationalizing to yourself that I'm going to do this. And you will start going down that path and making it happen. And then you've got to make goals, right? You have to physically write this down. Social media is fantastic for this. Make yourself accountable through other people to hold you accountable. That's a perfect, awesome way to start. And then the last thing I would say is you'd mentioned something that's, I mean, beyond critical, right? My spouse doesn't want me doing this, okay? That is not unique to your industry. That's across the board. One way around that is saying, it is okay to be somewhat selfish here if you're doing it for the betterment of you. And that's not to say you're going to throw your money away and go all in on this, right? It's to say, look, I'm going to make a commitment. We're going to make an investment in our future. And this is how we're going to do it. You work on it together. Yeah. That's, you know, you got to break through that barrier. Nice. And I think it's such a common one. My spouse doesn't like this. My spouse doesn't approve. And that's such a hard thing to go against. I know that when I started out as a dog trainer, my parents did not approve. And that's such a hard thing to go against. And then feel the fear and do it anyway. I love that. Like I love the idea that you like feel it, you feel it and you feel it and you you smash it anyway. You go for it and, and you push those barriers. And those barriers eventually become um your comfort zone. And then you need to smash some more, right? Like that's that's how it works. So what if I regret doing it? What if I regret that? Like, and we were obviously talking hypothetically. I, I know that both you and I are reinventing ourselves all the time. Um, uh, seven years ago, I hated the cameras. Seven years ago, I hated even, even now, I don't always love looking at a screen. I always avoid it. And so, like, it's definitely, definitely not something that I ever thought I'd be doing. Uh, and yet we're reinventing ourselves all the time, both if, if I look back at our videos and everything's changing, it's changing fast. You the same. I watch it, like the pace is is quick. But how about someone coming in here that says, what if I regret this? So regret really only rears its head when you learn nothing. Okay. 
regret only happens. So let's say you go out and you become a dog trainer and in a year from now, you're not exactly the same place that you want it to be, right? You've got, you set a goal to get 20 clients, you've got 10, whatever it is, right? You didn't lose, you pivot, right? You pivot and you keep trying and iterating until you get to that mix that you need. The fail, the sense of failure comes, the regret comes when you give up, right? When you feel like you've plateaued, when you've stopped iterating and you stopped believing in what you were doing, that's when regret rears its head. It's not that what you were doing is wrong. It's that you gave up on it. And there's going to be, I guarantee there's going to be a million comments on this saying, what? Because I get this all the time. But it's true because if you think about every time that you have regrets in your life, right? It's not because you tried. It's not because of X, Y, Z. Something else happened that you gave into and, and you let that affect you that way. But if you keep persevering, if you keep iterating, you keep learning, you won't have regrets. It will be an experience, right? It will be an experience that will lead you to something else. It's really funny, actually. I have very few regrets, like very, very few. And um, one of my regrets is I didn't take up on a, a really lovely equestrian property a couple of years ago, just as a as a, another opportunity, actually, to work in and to have a training center there and to maybe have like some arenas that we could rent out and uh, dog training spaces. And I do really regret it. I really regret it. And I had the fear and I didn't go for it. And it was just that like moment of could we do it? And and yeah, I think those regrets are a funny one. But when I think about it, there are a lot of things it hinged on and other people's opinions. And, and certainly my dad's opinion was was not to do it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one when I look at what it hinged on. So I think, yeah, have no regrets, like really have no regrets. And anything that makes you a little bit scared is actually pretty exciting, isn't it? It's, it's very exciting. And it, again, following the fear and to go back to your regret point, you so like, for instance, let's say you start a business, okay, and you're an entrepreneur, and you go out there, but you're not able to make it work for whatever reason, you don't have enough clients, whatever, okay, you will have no regrets. If you go all in, I guarantee it. And the reason for that is, because you believed you followed your path, and you did it. And but the good news is it will lead you to something else you may do with something else. You can look back and say, I learned a lot from that opportunity. I'm glad I did it. I know more about myself. I know more about the community, whatever it is. And you won't have regrets that you did it. You will have mistakes that you made. You will have things you can learn from, but you will not have regrets. Love that. No, I love that. And I think that the world needs to know this. Really, it does. So, Justin, that was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. It was definitely a different episode. I think it was an epic episode. And I can't wait. For you to join us again because I already know that we've got so much more to talk on um, I think that everybody out there listening uh, is going to want to have a go at um, pushing the boundaries on reinventing themselves that little bit more and the people that are already doing it are going to push it a bit harder uh, thank you so much for joining me uh, and remember everybody stay sexy stay sexy and thank you yeah Stop right there, Game Changer. We have something very exciting to tell you about if you struggle with stressful walks right now. So pulling, your dog yanking your arm out of its socket, just basically it's painful, right? Now, it's a struggle that you want to transform. You want to go from pulling on lead like a train to loose leash walking prince or princess, and we've got a solution for you. It is just £27. It's a mini course that literally is going to be your zero to hero 
of loose leash walking. Day by day, we're going to be showing you the games and skills and strategies that you are going to need to implement to transform your dog's leash behavior in the next two weeks. This is a complete package. You get to keep it for life. Yes, for life. And it's just £27 to you. Access it anywhere, keep it for live, no equipment required, and all you've got to do is go to absolutedogs.me forward slash stop pulling. And yes, it is just £27, Game Changers.